Welcome to the Genuine Admissions Podcast, where we talk to members across our community about all things Loomis. My name is Amy Thompson. I'm the Dean of Enrollment, and I am also your podcast host. Hello, this is Amy Thompson. I'm the Dean of Enrollment at Loomis Chafee, and I am really excited to be coming to you today uh, with three of our Loomis Chafee Pelican parents of new students this year in the class of 2026. I'm so thrilled to have uh, three parents here from, from far, you know, near and far. Uh, to talk to you a little bit about the boarding experience of being a boarding family at Loomis, what the transition has been like so far this year. We're taping this about halfway through uh, the, their first year at Loomis, their children's first year at Loomis, and we would, we're going to hear a lot about how that's been going um, and uh, just see where the conversation takes us. So I'm really excited to have everybody here today. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll go ahead and just get started with some introductions. So, um, Edwin, why don't why don't you introduce yourself first? Sure, thanks, Amy. Um, my name is Edwin Gaxtetter. Uh, we are from San Francisco, California. My son Miles is a um, freshman this year, and he lives in Harmon Hall. He is a cross country runner. He's currently playing basketball and uh, is looking forward to running track in the spring. Excellent. And spring will arrive soon. So that's great to hear. So uh, why don't we head on over to Eva? Hi, my name is Eva Wolf. We're originally from Southern California and now Henderson, Nevada. Henry's a freshman and he's also at Harmon and he is a soccer player. Excellent. Thank you so much. And Amy. Hello. Good morning. My name is Amy Howell. I am uh, located in Rumson, New Jersey. I'm the mother of a first year student, Catherine. Um, and it sounds like, like Henry and Miles, uh, also is an athlete. She uh, played field hockey in the fall, is playing ice hockey this winter, and will play lacrosse this spring. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time, everybody. We really appreciate this. So I'm just going to jump right in and, and talk a little bit about, you know, families are uh, many going to be listening to this podcast when they are trying to make decisions about, you know, where to attend school next year. And so I'd love to hear just a little bit at the beginning about your journey and your family's journey and your child's journey to Loomis Chafee. How did you end up here? Um, so we actually recently moved from a independent school outside of Boston, Thayer Academy. Um, my husband and I are both educators and Catherine grew up on an independent school campus. We moved to a K through eight school. So high school was not an option for the school that we now live at. And she started uh, exploring multiple boarding schools and independent high schools. And to be honest, Amy, I think that it was really the admissions process and the time that your team spent and the connection that they made with her that really um, resonated with Catherine and felt like she was seen and heard. And then as you know, parents come, in, come on after to speak to the admissions officer, um, my husband and I both were blown away by the connection that it felt like they had after that short amount of time. So it was really um, clear to me that that's what sort of made Loomis stand out right from the beginning. 
Well, thank you. And um, I think that after this podcast, I'm going to need to find out who that was and thank them because obviously they're doing a great job. Um, Eva, anything in particular that uh, you, know, you, want, you want to share about Henry's journey here? I know that um, you know it was a little bit different in the sense that um, Henry had a, a sister who's, uh, who's at a boarding school as well. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yep. So what happened was Henry was hearing all about how much his sister's having fun and she's really enjoying her boarding school experience. And then his dad did too. So he figured he figured he'd give it a try. So he applied at a few different schools, but it, when he set foot on the Loomis Chafee campus, he, you could tell he just, he just lit up. It just felt like home for him. He just knew it right there and then. Yeah, you know, we we talk about that a lot, right? That sometimes you just get that gut feeling, right? You you know, it's one of those things that over the past few years doing virtual recruitment with COVID has been so challenging is to try to get a sense of like, what does that feeling feel like when you can't actually get on campus? And so we're really happy that we're back now. We're able to have families on campus to be able to get a sense of that culture that is so difficult to describe through a screen. Um, So thank you for that. So Edwin, I know that your situation was a little bit different with Miles because, you know, big reveal here uh you are already a loomis family right, right. so can you talk a little bit about that experience maybe um with both of your boys yeah definitely um i i think with uh with evan my older son who's now a junior um you know board, the boarding school world was definitely new to to nancy and myself we were public education kids k through college um though our kids went to a quaker school k through eight and so we started to become familiar with um, sort of that that educational world, and then um, became you know in our circle of friends who had experience in boarding school. They were always speaking very highly of it. We're you know very fond of their experiences, and so that sort of opened up our eyes to to that possibility. And then um, became familiar with Loomis through the ten, one of the ten school events um, here in San Francisco. Um, got to know Allie Murphy. Um, in that process. And she was phenomenal in helping us um, understand Loomis, understand the opportunities of boarding school. And once Evan, you know, became illuminated to the possibilities uh, of boarding school and, and, and going to school on the East Coast, he really lit up with that. And um, we knew that, uh, or he knew really early on that he wanted that sort of experience for high school. And then with Miles, it was really a matter of understanding if it was the right fit for him. He he certainly wanted to pave his own path and not simply follow in Evan's footsteps. And so, you know, we gave him a lot of latitude to determine whether day school or boarding was going to be the right, you know, the right path forward for him. And, um, you know, it came down to um, a day school option that he really was attracted to in San Francisco. And, um, but honestly, we went out to a preview day, the Pelican preview day in, um, in March and he was sold after that. He knew that's where he wanted to be. And, and it was a matter of just being around the community, being around the, the, the incoming kids and meeting some of the coaches. And he was, he was definitely sold on, on coming to Loomis. Excellent. Thank you. It's so it's interesting to hear how families get to us. And, and one of the things I know Eva had mentioned this in, a, in an email to me, um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering a little bit about the idea of for the parent side of things, the parent experience, the parent peer group around boarding schools. You know, Eva had mentioned a little bit about, you know, this feeling that um, 
for those families who aren't familiar with it, right? That like the little bit of that social pressure of like keeping, why, why would you want to send your kid to boarding school kind of a thing, right? Even though you're, you're right, right. communicating. And I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about that. Right. It's, there's a little bit of a stigma when, especially if you have never heard of anybody going to boarding school or you're not close to anybody who's going to boarding school. And it was particularly difficult for us because uh, typically Hispanic parents, Mexican American parents, we don't send our children to live with strangers on the other side of the country. That's very taboo, you know, especially your daughter, right, to go live at a co-ed boarding school. So we just don't do that. So it was that I had a lot of resistance from like grandparents and uncles and cousins and my sister. And but I think over time, you know, they came to see how much fun Henry's having. And when they when he comes home for the weekends or for to visit with the family, they see that he's really meant he's becoming independent, mentally tough. Uh, he's respectful and quick on his feet. And they just see him kind of blossoming. I don't know if that's the right word for a boy, but they've come to accept it. And now they're looking into it for their own children. <laughs> But there was definitely a, a period during which, you know, they were very, very against it. So it took a while. And then on the social side of it, you know, you spend 15 years developing your social network and your friends really around your children, right? As a PTA mom and a soccer mom, that's kind of where you have most of your friends is you know, you're chatting during soccer games or you're chatting during soccer practice or at the PTA meetings. And then one day it's kind of all over. So you don't get to see these peers as much. So that's been a crazy transition for us. So we're making new friends at the gym and, you know, I've gone back to school. So you find other things, you know, to keep you, to keep you busy. So, but I think there is a taboo around it and it takes a, a while for people. Once you explain it, then they start to see the benefits of it really. Yeah, thank you for addressing that. I think that, um, you know, different people experience that differently, right? And then it's true for the students as well. Like many come from backgrounds in which they have a lot of friends who are looking at boarding schools and thinking about boarding schools and then others for whom they don't because they have great public school options or great independent day schools like Edwin was talking about in their area. And um, and so making the decision to go far away to a boarding school and to is a, is a really big one, not just for the students, but also for the whole family as well. So I'm wondering, knowing that, if we could talk a little bit, shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about that transition. You know, it's really, it's great to come out of a preview day and be super excited, but then there's, you know, a couple months to let it sink in. And then you're, next thing you know, you're packing up the car or, you know, getting in the plane and, and heading to campus and then uh, the drop-off and all of that. I'm wondering, Amy, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about that transition um, and how that went for your family. Well, I'm happy to talk about it now. I don't know if I could have spoken about it, you know, in early September. It would still would have been too raw. Um, but it was, um, Catherine is our oldest child. She has two younger siblings. And I don't think that I really anticipated, I, I was thinking about, selfishly, my own experience. I don't think I was thinking about how it would um, interrupt the family dynamics. It's a big it's a big change. The house changes, right? I think her siblings really missed her terribly. Um, and we were trying to come up with new routines and, you know, just there was a missing member of our family at the, at the dinner table, um, in the car. 
And that was really, that was really hard. Um, but you know, with, with time, we have uh, identified ways to connect the siblings with Catherine, whether it's FaceTime or, you know, certainly texting, um, everyone has just adapted and it has been overall a smooth transition. But I think um, I would be lying if I did not say that it's, it, it's, a, it's a bit rocky. I don't know if others have the same experience, but it, it is, it's, it's challenging those first few weeks for everyone. Definitely. And I think that, um, you know, we talk a lot here in the dormitories and the way that we set up support around residential life about the about homesickness. Right. And having having students work through that. But also that's that's happening. Homesickness happens on the other side as well for those who are, you know, for their home is is a different home. And Edwin's kind of, you know, smiling. And, you know, I'm sure that this is something, especially having the two boys here was a little bit of a change as well. Uh, Anything that you want to add to that, Edwin? Yeah, I would just echo a lot of what J- Amy just mentioned about the sort of changing family dynamics here at home. Um, certainly when Evan, you know, went to school, that was a very unique time. He entered in the fall of 2020 um, after a term of being online. And then, you know, he went from online, you know, <laughs> to moving into the dorm in, in that October of that fall. And it was it was a very, you know, fundamental shift in sort of how his high school experience was going. So that was very um, disruptive and and unique at that time. And then also um, us getting acclimated to him being home, both boys being home because of being online to the two, him being gone. And then uh, when Miles went away, you know, Nancy and I kind of looking around and wondering why it's why it's so quiet around the house, why our uh, why our afternoons are not filled up with practices and games, and sort of that transition uh, was certainly it took a while for us to get used to to that. Um, but you know, I think for the boys, it was easier on them than it was for us, to be honest with you. Just to dovetail on what Edwin was saying, I think he's right. It is easier on the boys, I think, than on the parents. Uh, Eric and I were taking it pretty hard and we were at home, you know, really bummed out. But then we kept getting like these text messages from him where he's sending us photos and he's like having like the time of his life. And he's just because they really keep the kids busy with like, you know, treats and snacks and activities. I mean, they're always on the go. The first couple months, they don't have much downtime to sit there and dwell on things and have pity parties. I mean, they really keep them busy. So the transition for them, I don't think is that hard, really. I think the first few weeks were a little tough, but by late October, he had settled in. He doesn't have time to talk anymore. He's just having too much fun. Sorry, mom, I got to go. And once you start to accept that, then it gets a lot easier as a parent because you realize, why am I so bummed out? Why am I like, you know, mourning this when he's having the time of his life, really? Yes, which is, of course, the exact reason why we all got into this in the first place, right? And um, <laughs> because it is about them and and that's what we want for them, but it's also hard for us. So I'm wondering if there's particular kind of like a, if you had to kind of settle into a particular understanding or routine or structure around communication or around, you know, like we do want to hear from you or, you know, um, connecting with an advisor to find out what was happening or checking the social media, you know, um, the Kravis Instagram, which, you know, you're not, your boys aren't in Kravis, but I know that there's other, other dorms that do those types of things. Like, how do you actually keep in touch and kind of know what's, what's happening at school in a way in which makes you, you know, makes you feel good that they're doing well. 
I can give one recent example. Um, I mentioned that Catherine is on the ice hockey team and the coach um, is terrific about sending regular email updates to all of the parents with all of the players copied. So she's very intentional about ensuring that we're all on the same page. And in addition to Catherine having an advisor that we're also in regular touch with, um, Coach Leiden, um, addresses not only what's happening uh, with the team and a focus on ice hockey, but then also here's what else you should be thinking about for the larger Loomis community. Your you know, daughter player is going to need to um, identify classes for next year in the next two weeks. I'm a resource. Um, you know, please be mindful or why even the heads break that break in February is so important for, from a student athlete perspective. So those sorts of correspondence, I feel like um, are really, really helpful as a parent. That's an excellent example. And it kind of takes me to a, a question that I was going to ask regarding kind of the support structure at the school, not just for your children, but for you. And I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about maybe Edwin, you know, you've had two children with two different experiences. You've been, ex you know, different dormitories, different advisors, different coaches, different teachers. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about that support structure for the boys. Definitely. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I've learned over the last couple of years is how many touch points the boys have on campus. Um, whether that's Miss Cotton in, in Harmon, whether that's Mr. Guevara as an advisor, whether that's coach Bartlett on the, on the cross country field, um, whether that's one of the, you know, one of the instructors or, uh, somebody in the tutoring center, they just have so many touch points, um, at different areas of the campus. Um, and I think that took me by a little bit by surprise um, and how well these different adults know the boys um, when we're, when, you know, the few times that we are on campus, um, you know, them sharing stories about what they're seeing, how they're, how they're doing, how they're feeling, and just really um, coming away with the impression that they know each of them well and sort of how they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And then also, when things pop up unexpectedly, like Evan getting COVID, um, knowing that I can text his his advisor or I get a phone call right away from the health center, just having these multiple levels of touch points um, is very reassuring knowing that we're all the way on the other side of the country um, and they don't have a big family support structure around them in Windsor. Yeah, Eva's nodding. Um, being in Nevada, I'm sure that's also something that you've um, that you've experienced as well. Correct. Well, having two children at different boarding schools in Connecticut, and they're both at amazing schools, but there are points of difference. And I want to say that for our experience, our personal experience at Loomis Chafee, it's been amazing, and the staff's resp uh, response to Henry has far exceeded our expectations. You know, starting with the academic advisor, he has, um, uh, he has a really good advisor. She was a boarding school daughter herself. She's had two boys go through the boarding school process. She's the athletic advisor. And she's tough, but sympathetic. And extremely communicative and transparent. So for us, it's important that he have that kind of a tough, female role model early on as a young man 
and learn that type of relationship of respect with somebody he has to, you know, listen to. And so he's grown very fond of her. And um, like Edwin said, you know, the people who manage the dorm, like Katie Cotton, they let us know what's going on in the dorm too. But I think probably the most poignant experience so far has been when Henry came down with a really, really bad cold and he was in the infirmary for a few days and the staff was so kind to him. They nursed him back to health. And um, that kind of put my mind at ease being on the other side of the country that they kind of kept me in the loop of what was going on with him. Being from a warmer temperature person and hearing about him getting this cold and 35 degree weather on the east coast i was like freaking out so until i started to hear from the staff so i think that was probably the most you know critical time in my in my experience as a mom excellent thank all of you for those great examples about just the support structure around the students especially from being further away and um, one of the things that when we talk about the role of adults in the community and mentors and and that 24-7 support that we have, um, it is it does enable students to be known very holistically, right? So like the math teacher doesn't just know them as a math student. Um, they know them as full individuals who they, you know, often would live with or, you know, or see at the dinner table or or whatever it might be. And so that does lend itself to some help around challenges that that students face. And I know that, um, you know, something along the lines of illness is is something that is, um, you know, tends to be very kind of urgent in nature that has to be addressed right away. I'm wondering if any of the students, um, you know, experienced any particular challenges that maybe you didn't expect that weren't quite so kind of urgent in nature around an illness, but something related either to, you know, the academic workload, the, you know, just getting used to being away from home, getting used to living with roommates, um, and just some, you know, some thoughts about that experience that any of them have had to have had to work through really independently, but also with the support of people here and, and you from far away. I think that um, Catherine has noted that December, January and March are traditionally hard. And I imagine that, um, at a New England boarding school, the days are short and cold and comes dark very early. Um, and that has been a little bit of a challenge for her adjusting. You think about weekends um, and filling filling that time. Um, this past weekend, I think on Saturday night when I checked in on her, there was um, a hypnotist. Is that correct, Amy, that was on campus? Um, yes, there was a hypnotist. Um, so it's a little example, but brought a lot of joy, it sounds like, um, to my daughter and to the larger community. Um, so it seems to me that Loomis is very intentional, whether it's through the, the head's break or finding additional opportunities to build community and keep them, you know, busy and um, spirits up during some tough months for everyone, not yes. just if you're a 15 year old uh, at a boarding school, right? Yes, yes. And that, Amy, is why we had a faculty lip sync battle two weeks ago in February that the admissions office took third place. Not that I want to just put that out to everyone, but um, but yeah, those types of events, right? Really fun. And But we do have to be more intentional, especially at this time of year, just in terms of being able to um, to make sure that we have community building events. It's one of the reasons why this is the time of year we do Winterfest, right? Which is a uh, Loomis Chafee Parents Association week of events that we do at the end of January that ends with that semi-formal dance that everybody looks forward to. So, um, so totally, totally understand that 
that sentiment. Um, anything else in relation to kind of transition to the academic program or, or residential life or anything like that that people want to mention? Yeah, I'll just jump in and say for for Miles, my freshman, um, one of the acclimation challenges was learning how to live with you know thirty to forty other teenage boys in close quarters and understanding that people have different habits, people have different sleep patterns, people have different diets, and uh, also knowing, you know, um, you have to share certain areas, you know, of the dorm that uh, people don't clean as well as you like them to be clean or vice versa, and knowing that, uh, hey, that's part of, you know, that's part of the experience, that's part of learning how to, to live with other people, and, um, you know, that certainly was something that was challenging for him in the first couple of months, honestly, in Harmon and, and Ms. Khan did a great job of, of communicating some of the challenges that were going on in the dorm, some of the things that they were doing to address them. Um, and I know that uh, Miles has certainly learned from those experiences and also um, come to understand people a lot better, you know, through the experience. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears just a moment because one of the things that I think um, a few of you have actually touched upon is this idea of kind of growth and transformation. And certainly as parents of new students, you know, they haven't been here that long. Um, but I'm wondering, Amy, if you wouldn't mind addressing this a little bit, is there, are there any things in particular that you feel you've seen changes over the last couple of months as Catherine has adjusted to, uh, to life away from home here at Loomis Chafee? Yes, absolutely. Her father and I were actually recently uh, joking about how Catherine, she certainly seems much more intellectually curious. She, um, you know, asked me recently, what, what are you reading now, mom? Um, or what do you think about this current event? Um, where it felt like, you know, last year around this time, we'd be sitting at the dinner table and being the parents that would be pushing conversation, not being engaged in conversation. Um, and it's not just to her parents and her family, but I think that because she is surrounded by so many adults that she has built a relationship with um, and really feels connection to, I, I found her with other, you know, adult family members or members, neighbors, um, previous teachers, coaches, that she's also reaching out just to stay in touch because she really, you know, uh, is, as I said, uh, this sort of growth mindset and intellectual curiosity, I feel has uh, been remarkable over the last few short months. That's awesome. And uh, the fact that that's something that you're seeing pretty much right away just says a lot about the type of comfort that she has in the environment, but also challenge. And we talk a lot about that balance in the admissions office when we're, you know, when we're talking to prospective families that you want that balance, right? You don't want, you want to be, you want to be pushed, but you also want to feel confident enough to have those conversations. So you have to have support as well, right? So it's a, it's both. And it sounds like she's already experiencing that. Edwin, did, is there anything in particular? Of course, you've seen growth in kind of different ways because you have a son who's a junior as well. So um, a little bit of a longer time frame to see some of that, but I'm wondering if there's something in particular you'd like to add. Definitely. Um, with with Evan, my junior, I've obviously had a, a longer time frame to see sort of the arc of his experience at Loomis and seeing his ability to self-reflect and also advocate for himself has really been um, 
profound, I think, in, in, in the last couple of years. I know this year, his junior year, um, the course load, you know, ratchets up the, the time demands with being a prefect, you know, athletics and also obviously academics is just, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to handle. And so he, he had trouble with that early in the fall and his ability to, to recognize that he proactively reached out to his advisor to work out, you know, some strategies to deal with that, you know, all on his own. And just just being um, self-aware that he needed to do that and and having the mindset where he recognized that he knew he needed to develop some strategies to address that and uh, reached out to people who could help him um, navigate that, um, I think, was was really profound to see from from a distance. Excellent. And again, you know, that goes to exactly to what we were just talking about, about about the support and the confidence, right? That this is a community in which um, students are encouraged to self-advocate. They're encouraged, they're supported, uh, no matter kind of what what the needs might be. And it's not it's not weird, right? It's not weird to kind of uh, to pull resources when you need them and to know where to go and know how to use them. And, um, and that's a, that's a great, I think, kind of uh, reflection of the culture and not just the adult culture around support, but really the peer to peer culture as well. I mean, I know I experienced that as a, as a Loomis parent myself with my three girls, you know, it was, um, a lot of peer to peer support around trying new things around having those intellectual conversations, around reaching out for help when you need it, around all of those areas. So um, so I'm glad to hear that that you've been experiencing those as well from afar as parents, even as new parents to the school as well. So I think I want to just wrap up with, you know, um, something I like to kind of wrap up with with families who've been through it is advice for the families who are going through it now. So um, any particular advice that you have for our audience about navigating this experience, like things, you know, things I wish I had known, um, things that I, you know, I, I actually found were helpful that, that, you know, that my child or I did to, to prepare for boarding school or when choosing a boarding school. So I might just do it around the table on this, if that's okay, not to put people on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. So, um, so Eva, why don't we start with you, you know, any particular advice that you have for our listeners? One piece of advice I could offer right now off the top of my head is when start early on the essays, just have your child just start early on the essays. Start early on when you're in the car, you know, and there's those long car rides, bring up the topics, bring up the essay topics right there and then, or at the dinner table, or when you're sitting around waiting for a doctor's appointment, just have them start thinking about their answers. And when they start writing their essays, let them do it. Make sure that they put some real effort into the essays so that their personalities shine through because having gone through the admissions process twice now, I I could tell that the staff actually reads them thoroughly and they give them a lot of consideration and thought when determining if your child is a good fit for the culture on that campus. And now having gone through this, I honestly believe that if you allow your child to really express themselves in the essays and the personalities really shine through, then they're ultimately going to end up at the right school and in the right culture for them. So resist the temptation to massage those essays. (laughs) Don't write it for them. (laughs) Let them do it. Let them express themselves, whether they want to talk about their soccer or their strong religious beliefs or 
you know, whatever they want to talk about, let them do it and, um, and in their own way, in their own voice. Thank you, Eva. And we definitely appreciate that um, emphasis on let them write it themselves. Thank you. Um, and I actually have a blog post on this exact topic. I think I, it's called like um, to help or not to help. It's actually for, for parents. And it's basically exactly what you just said. So thank you for, for saying that. Um, Edwin, any anything that you, know, you want to add or uh, different or similar? Sure. With respect to the application process and looking at schools, my my suggestion would be to to talk to as many people related to the schools that you're evaluating as possible. You know, even outside the admissions office, talk to coaches, talk to alums, talk to current students, and just get a get a temperature for for their experience um, and what you know what they gravitate to on campus, what do they feel are strengths and weaknesses, you know, of, of their environment, of their, of their program. Um, and really try and get as, as comprehensive a feel, you know, from these different spokespeople on campus as possible. I found that to be really helpful. Um, and then, you know, once your, once your student is on campus, just understand that it's okay if you don't hear from him or her every day or days or a week, because, they get very busy and uh you know it's not don't take it personally if they don't respond to that text right away um or that phone call right away because they're busy and uh that's a good thing i so appreciate hearing that edwin because i did not hear from my college freshman for about a week and you're making me feel better about that i'm sure it's just because she's just very busy and happy so thank you for reassuring me um, Amy, anything else that you'd like to add about your experience? Um, no, I think that this might complement what Edwin was referencing. I think particularly for a first year student at Loomis, there's just so much happening. It's like drinking from a fire hose, right? The athletic opportunities, the arts, the clubs, the social connections, there's a lot happening. And so my advice as a parent would be, to just jump in and Loomis, it seems from my experience, from Catherine's experience, that it really is a place that's super supportive of trying all sorts of different things. Catherine, I think identifies as an athlete, but she said to me the other day, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I might think about getting more involved in this club or maybe my junior year, I'm gonna try, try out for the musical, you know, and I, okay, um, but my, follow-up piece of advice would be to probably pace yourself. I think that she also has felt a little bit overwhelmed by, but I'm missing out. There's so much happening. It just seems like it is a large campus. There's lots of students and pace yourself as well. So that's twofold, I suppose. Yes, I love that. And that it's such a great way to end because it's on that note of balance, right? And that is one of the things that we really do pride ourselves on here at Loomis is that that kind of community culture of balance at the school. So um, so thank you so much to all of you for taking the time today. I know for, for some of you, it's quite early in the morning. So I really appreciate you're getting up early to do it. Um, and I think this is going to be really, really helpful for families as they navigate this whole process, whether at the beginning or at the very end and trying to figure out, you know, whether or not to say yes to Loomis Chafee. So Thank you again, Edwin, Amy, Eva. Very much appreciate your time. This is Amy Thompson. This has been Genuine Admissions. Thank you for listening. <laughs>